0: There's something dark hiding in the rural landscape across the country. No matter where you live, whether it's the middle of nowhere, in a small town, or an isolated village, dark things are happening all over the place in these isolated rural areas. Welcome back to The Swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, Be sure to submit your stories at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Sit back, relax, and get ready for these allegedly true horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. Hit that like button and subscribe if you haven't yet. My name is Shaquille. I'm a 37-year-old Uber driver living in Lucknow, India. I've been driving a cab since I was 29 years old and knew my way around the city. I usually went during the day shifts, but very recently, and for reasons unknown, I was appointed to the night shift for the first time in the company. I didn't mind it. Everything seemingly was normal during the first three weeks of the night shift. The week after then changed my perception on the supernatural forever. You see I was never of the imaginative or superstitious kind but this incident made me question absolutely everything Just a few days ago I was driving through a rural area to pick up a customer It was 2:37 a.m. and not a single person was in sight Standing by the side of the forest path was a woman waving her arms in panic She was wearing an Indian traditional suit I slammed the brakes and came to a sudden halt I rolled down my windows and asked her what she was doing this late at night. In a panicked voice, she said, They're coming for me. Please, please drop me off at- Address omitted. Coincidentally, to get the customer, I had to pick up. I had to pass through the location she wanted to be dropped off. So I gave her a lift, and as soon as she got in my car, she calmed down completely. Not a speck of panic or fear was on her face. I was beginning to suspect that she was going to rob me but she did not pull any tricks or do anything remotely suspicious. When I finally reached her destination, she thanked me, got out of the car, and insisted me that she pay me 1,000 rupees, which is about $12.81, which was far more than any cab ride paid. It would have been at most maybe $3 to $4. She said she would go inside her house and get the money. I did want to help her out for no financial benefit, but I needed all the help I could get to make ends meet. I canceled the ride of the customer I was previously on my way to pick up and waited patiently. Two minutes passed, then five, then ten, then fifteen, then thirty, and when it had almost been thirty-seven minutes I got out of the car, walked to her house, and rang the doorbell. In less than a minute an older man came. He looked to be in his seventies. He was short and stout and had an annoyed look. He asked me what I wanted and I politely told him that I wanted to talk to the woman who had just walked inside that house, and I told him the whole ordeal. The old sleepy man's eyes widened suddenly, and he was visibly shaking. After a good minute of silence, the old man spoke. I have had more than fifteen cab drivers walk up to my door and tell me the same story. But the problem is, no woman lives in my house. I live here with my grandchild, alone. But now it's too much to take in. It's too much to be a coincidence. All the while he was speaking to me, he was not looking me in the eyes. So my eyes subconsciously wandered off to check out the inside of his house and I saw what seemed to be a family portrait hanging on the wall. I interrupted him mid-sentence. "'Excuse me, sir, I believe I see her in that portrait hanging on the wall. Please, can I have a closer look?' The older man looked at me, a bit pissed that I had cut him off, but still turned around and got the family portrait for me. "'This is her,' I pointed at a woman standing beside him, and he was visibly confused. A tear rolled down his cheeks as he began. "'That is my daughter. She died eight years ago in a car crash.' She was returning home one night at around 2.30am and was on a phone call with her mother and me. She used to say we made her feel safe during unsettling times. She was dragged off, robbed, and assaulted. All the while, we could do nothing but listen. I even called the cops who arrived 7-8 to minutes later. The accused managed to flee the scene. Many people have since reported sightings of a woman on that road. She comes at night and targets mainly cab drivers if they refuse to help her. She starts running after their cars at inhuman speed, screeching, causing them to crash. I always thought this woman's story was an urban legend, but now I realize it is her. It is my dear child. With this he broke down in tears and I stood there too shocked to interpret whatever had just happened. I bid him a goodbye and went to sit in my car, still contemplating what I had just heard. Maybe this was all made up to scare me as an excuse to not pay me, but the whole scenario with someone being out there at 2.30am was also weird. I drove to a more populated part of the city and just let everything sink in when I noticed a woman's head quickly peeked and disappeared through one of the bushes in my peripheral vision. I didn't know if it was real, or just my paranoid mind playing tricks on me. The following day, I set out once again to investigate what was happening. I knocked on the older man's door with no response. I then rang the doorbell, and again no response. As I walked back to my car door, the door flung open, but no one was in sight. It was 9am and I decided to step inside. I noticed that this building seemed like a house just yesterday but was now completely in ruins with spiders and lizards crawling around. I saw the photo of a girl lying on the floor, and unlike the impulsive horror movie protagonist, I got out of there and probably never worked night shift again. One of my distant, rural relatives, my aunt, was very sick and her daughter, who was my cousin, called my mom and told her about it. She was dying from cancer and they had many financial problems, so my mom told me to visit them and give them some money since my mom could not leave my grandmother's house. I was 19 at the time and was done with my schooling and waiting for college to start, so I agreed to visit them, and since I had nothing much to do, what could go wrong? My aunt lives in a very rural area in my country, and my cousin is the one who takes care of her. My cousin was 33 years old at the time and was a widow. I took a long-distance bus to get there since my mom did not want me to drive there alone. She thought it was not safe. I arrived at the main town around 4 or 5 p.m., but I still had a 20 to 30-minute drive from the main town to my cousin's house. I had to wait for another half an hour to find a taxi to go there, the taxi driver was amiable, and I even added his contact in case I couldn't find another taxi. I arrived at my cousin's house around 6-7pm. to 7 p.m. My cousin was happy to see me, but my aunt wasn't that happy. She did not recognize me, at least I didn't think she did, and was also unhappy because my mother was not there. This was my second time meeting my cousin because I only saw her once when I was a little kid, or at least that's what she told me. We had dinner and talked for some time before we went to bed at around 10 or 11 p.m. She gave me her bedroom and went to my aunt's room. I fell asleep as soon as I was in bed because I was so exhausted from the journey. Suddenly, I woke up in the middle of the night and didn't know why. Maybe it was the room. Perhaps. It was the bed. So I was on the bed looking at the ceiling, thinking about what woke me up when I heard a voice or voices from outside the house. I was surprised to hear people talking because I didn't notice any of the places around my cousin's house. I quietly went near the window and looked outside. Since it was dark, I couldn't see anything, but after some time, my eyes started to get used to the dark, and I saw a man walking around the house, and he was talking to someone. I looked for the other man he was talking to, but I couldn't quite see anyone else. First, I thought he was trying to break into the house, so I quietly came out of the room to wake my cousin up. I was touching my way through the living room to find their space. Suddenly, I heard another voice, and this time I recognized the other one. It was my cousin's voice. She was trying to open the back door and told the man outside, Don't worry. He's still in the room. He's not going anywhere. When he told her to hurry up, my heart stopped for a second, so I ran back to my room without them noticing. I opened the only window in the room and grabbed my phone before jumping outside the room and running as fast as possible. I think I stopped running after 20 or 30 minutes because I was so tired and didn't have any shoes on. I called the taxi driver, and fortunately he picked me up. I didn't know how to say the directions to him, but he found me after a while and brought me back to the main town. I called my mom there, and she told me to come back as soon as possible and not to go to the police since they're our family. Also, my mom thought I overreacted. It's been four or five years since the incident, and she never tried to contact us, and we never did either. I still don't know my cousin's intentions, and I'm happy I escaped that night because I don't think their intentions were very good. I always worked the late night shifts for my pizza delivery job. I lived in the mountains in upstate Pennsylvania when I was working there. It's a very rural area. Most of my drives were on roads in the center of trees and woods. The scenery was one of the main reasons I enjoyed my job. I was delivering a pizza one night taking a shortcut through some back roads. I knew the GPS didn't know when I saw someone jump in front of my car. The loud thump confirmed that I had indeed hit whoever it was. My heart pounded and I was in absolute shock. I just hit someone with my car. I immediately got out to see if they were okay. It was a man wearing all black lying motionless by the passenger tire. He had a vast birthmark scar thing above his right eye. I had no idea what to do. I was freaking out. What was this guy doing in the middle of the road, in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the night, jumping out in front of me? But things got weirder from here. I ran back to my car to grab my phone and call the police. When I went back, the man was gone. What the hell? I said to myself. Something was not right here. Was I going crazy? Or was I hallucinating? My heart was racing as I drove off. I still delivered the pizza and then returned to the shop. When I walked in, my boss saw the messy look on my face and he asked me what was wrong. I was about to tell him when I noticed the TV behind him. It was a news report about a man killing his wife and two kids. He had escaped police custody and was at large. They showed a picture of the man. My jaw dropped. The image was of a middle-aged man, tall, white, with greasy hair. Over his right eye was a massive scar, just like the scar from the guy I hit. I called the police and explained what had happened. I told them what rode and when I hit him. They sent two units out to the location and later that night the police informed me they had caught the man and had him in custody. They found him limping and hiding in the woods about a half mile down the road. The officer informed me that I had helped capture a very dangerous and top priority criminal in our county by hitting him with my car. I was even given an award for public duty. When I think back on this story, it was quickly one of my life's most insane and terrifying experiences. I want to share my experience in hopes that it saves someone's life or gives an understanding of what someone else has experienced. In late fall of 2010 in northern Canada, I went deep into the wilderness with my father and my eldest brother to hunt for moose. We left early in the morning, just before sunrise trying to cover as much distance as possible before nightfall. We traveled winding rivers and had to repeatedly portage over rapids all day we decided to set up camp just over halfway to our destination. My father figured that we'd make the rest of the journey tomorrow. Well, when everybody bedded down for the night, I decided to grab some firewood and relieve myself down by the bank of the river, just out of reach from the light of the campfire. Out from the tree line, about 15 yards away, I could hear rustling in the bushes. I watched the area where I listened to the noise and focused on that spot. I felt funny. Dizzy and lightheaded. I could smell this putrid stink like old milk or rotten food. Then I saw the trees morph and move ever so slightly and begin to take the shape of a head with slight facial features. My eyes began to adjust to the darkness and along the tree line I could hear this voice coming from there. I recognized it. The voice sounded like one of my recently passed relatives. The face took the shape of my relative. Hello, they said. I've missed you, come see me. I smiled and stepped forward but stopped to analyze the situation. My relative's face stopped smiling and became... emotionless. The skin began to turn pale and peel away. Chunks of flesh from their cheeks began to fall away and I felt shocked and fear overwhelmed my body. I couldn't make sense of it at all. So I start to back away and make my way to camp. I didn't realize at the time that I had been walking towards the voice and I was further away from the firelight. The voice became very angry and began shouting at me to come here, so I turned to run away. But as I looked back one more time, I saw the most disgusting thing I'd ever seen. It was rotting flesh on gnawed bone caved in eyes and hollow chest cavity. This humanoid creature was tall and super thin. I ran as fast as I could, trying to yell for help, but the fear had made my voice quiet and raspy. I ran along the riverbank and I could hear the heavy breaths and the stomping feet of this thing right behind me. I made it on to the top of the riverbank, but it grabbed a hold of my leg as I jumped. I gripped and tore at the grass, trying to lift myself and yelled as loud as possible. Then finally my voice came back and I cried, Someone has my leg! My brother woke up and ran over to where I was. Then he pulled me up and took me over to the fire. I was terrified, trying to explain what I saw, but it was impossible without sounding absolutely nuts. I was trying to convince them that I wasn't seeing things, but my brother nodded his head and said, I saw it too. I know. That solidified it. He acknowledged that it was real. We stayed up all night after that, and rifles were loaded and close by the entire time. We packed up when the sun was coming up and went back home. We have not shared that story with anyone out of fear of being labeled as crazy or liars. I have had nightmares, and I could not sleep for months afterward. I could see things in the dark, looking into my window or hear whispers when I was walking home at night. Eventually, I saw this figure daily. I went to a medicine man, but I learned that only certain ceremonies would temporarily relieve it. Friends have given me everything from protection pouches to certain crystals. I found out there's a strong possibility that I encountered a wendigo. I learned that if you meet one and survive, it attaches itself to you like a parasite. I knew it could only do this if it touched you which it did. Ever since that night, I've been on edge when I enter any forest or wooded area, which sucks because I love being outdoors, hunting, and being in nature. Now I always feel like I need to keep my back against something when I'm out in the wild. Anyways, make your conclusions about this as you will. I paid the price for being an ignorant child to the stories of old. They are honest. I can attest to that. Stay safe, everyone. This experience happened when my wife and I stayed in Banff National Park for a week in September last year. We've always visited this beautiful landscape whenever we went and saw my folks in Calgary, Alberta. Although, we didn't think we would ever have a paranormal experience. We try to do excursions that we haven't done yet every time we visit. A mix of touristy and non-touristy things. Near the end of our trip, we were scheduled to visit the Cave and Basin, a seven-minute bus ride from Banff town. We decided to go upon opening so that we could avoid the crowds and have lots of time to do other things on our list that day. A bit of info for those who have not been to the Cave and Basin, or Banff for that matter, From what we discovered, it was kind of a museum where they show off how this place was discovered by Canadian railway workers back in 1883 and rediscovered because this national park was and still is sacred land for indigenous people, and it had been like this for centuries before it was rediscovered by these railers. We entered the tunnel entrance to the cave where these railway workers are said to have dug through and discovered significant sulfur. Indigenous people use this sacred cave as a place for healing. Going through the tunnel, it is dark and its only light source is above the well where the sunlight peeks in through the cracks. It was quiet and eerie walking through the dark tunnel. I could hear whispers even though we were the only ones in there. Then something told my wife to not look into the water in the well. She said after that she may have not liked it if she had looked down there. We didn't stay too long in the cave as it started feeling claustrophobic and the sulfur smell was unbearable. My wife told me what she felt when we came out of it. I told her I did not see anything and investigated the well myself. Little did I know then this creepy experience wouldn't end here. Next, we continued the tour and made our way to the top of the building, where a bridge connects to the museum to the Forest of Sulphur Mountain. As we crossed over, we saw a small cabin that served as lodging for the railway workers back in the day. We were right above the cave that we were just in about a half an hour ago. The cabin was surrounded by large forests ascending the mountain, and right then, my wife was reading information about this cabin. I felt a dreadful feeling. I'm familiar with a feeling when there's a spirit or entity in the midst. It also felt like several people were watching over us, even if it was just us up there. As I looked left to right, my eyes were drawn to tall trees at the far back, and there I saw a dark entity so massive and tall that it stood just as tall as the tree beside it. Though I could not see its face, I knew it was staring at us, as if guarding the area. It did not feel like a ghost, but a spirit entity that felt so old, maybe as old as the forest itself. I thought that we weren't welcome here anymore. I then motioned to my wife that we had to cut our time here and left with haste. Only after we left the grounds did I tell my wife what we saw, and only after we got out of that area did I feel like a weight was lifted from my shoulders. Seeing an entity like that was understandable, knowing how sacred that place was for indigenous people. So whenever you get the chance to visit Banff or these other national parks, learn the history, respect the land, its people, and the unseen guards. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true rural horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that helps us reach fresh new eyes and helps the swamp grow its ever-expanding waters. If you're new to The Swamp, why not join us? Be sure to hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new upload as I upload them nearly every single day in all things natural and supernatural. If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please be sure to give us a 5-star rating over there as it helps us grow on those platforms and it's very much appreciated. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. I'm always looking for fresh, new, scary experiences to read. If you're on the go and don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to download your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, iHeart Radio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. It's absolutely free and always will be. If you'd like to support The Swamp outside of that, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads, and I've got new designs coming very soon. Come join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and I'll see you all soon with another creepy video.